All right, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we all ready to worship the Lord this morning? As, as I was, well, you know, of course, I pray <clears throat> Sunday mornings before church, and I go for this a little walk uh, in our neighborhood, and I cross the street, and I go down, and then there's this long road that goes back to these really big houses way in the back. But as I was walking on that road, the Lord just kind of like showed me rivers of life flowing in this path, in this direction. It was like, it was so long and it was just going all the way out. And I was like, Lord, what does that mean? And he showed me a picture of this sanctuary as I was walking this morning. And that his rivers of life were flowing through this place this morning. And that they were coming down every aisle and every pathway that came up to the altar. And even, you know, when you see streams that begin to overflow, they begin to pour out over the banks. And I had this sense that there was just streams of rivers of living water flowing through this place and then overflowing into every seat, into every person who came here this morning. And so I'm looking forward to worshiping him and to enter into his presence and to see what he wants to do this morning. We pray every, every week, Lord, have your way in this place. We have what we think our agenda is, but Lord, we want your agenda this morning. Anything? I'm down for rivers of living water. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you need refreshing, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you need renewal, yeah. if you need strength, if you need healing, yeah. then you're in the right place. And I love the visual. I know it's God when he gets a visual because he doesn't normally get a visual. If it's Jason, he gets a formula. Um, when it's the Lord, he gets a visual. I love that. So step into the river, Amen. the river of life this morning. And don't try to swim. Just let it wash over you. Yeah. Don't try to direct the path that it takes you, the current of it. I'm a good floater. I'm the best floater in the Ackerman household because I have the most percentage of body fat. Yes. It serves me in some way. I love it. I can just float. The kids are amazed. Like, Mom, you don't even have to move. I was like, I don't. Just float in the river of life this morning. Don't, don't move a muscle. Amen. Just, just lean in entirely and let him direct the healing, the renewal, the refreshing. He knows exactly what you need this morning. Amen. Well, stand with me, church. I'm going to read a short passage of Scripture here out of John chapter 4. I love how this verse starts out. It says, But the hour is coming, and now is. Church, the hour was coming, but now it is. Right now, 10.04 a.m. on a Sunday morning, now is the time. Now is the time when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. He's looking for us this morning. He's wanting us to worship Him. Like we talked last, He's wanting us to worship Him, to show Him glory. Verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. How many of you are ready to worship in spirit and truth this morning? Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, let's begin to worship him even now. Lord, we just worship you in spirit and in truth today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that now is the time 
The hour is now. The time is now. We will lift our hands and worship you. We will seek you. Lord, we thank you in advance for the rivers of living water that are going to flow through this place today to bring refreshing and renewal and healing and all the things, Father God, that we cannot get on our own, but we can only get from you. So we come before you today. We worship you today. We give you honor, praise, and glory today. Have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's worship. So the Holy Spirit is good and he's consistent. Like he'll just keep saying the same thing over and over again in different ways because he wants us to get it. He wants to lead us in the ways of life. Um, Before Pastor Andy began singing that prophetic word of come and drink, come and drink, um, I knew what I was going to come up here and and read because the Lord led me to um, John chapter 4 where Jesus uh, meets with the woman at the well. This is a Samaritan woman and she's Well, his disciples aren't there, which I find interesting because the whole encounter wouldn't have happened if men who were bound by that culture were there. They would have not, it would not have worked. But Jesus was alone. Jesus is not bound by culture. He's not bound by anything. And so, yeah, he's talking to a woman and he's talking to a Samaritan woman and she's absolutely shocked Um, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And they go on to have a conversation where she is in, in the here and now, like, you don't even have a bucket. What are you talking about? This is our well. But, and Jesus answered her and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him, in him, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Again, she's, just, she's still not getting it. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. She said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. (laughs) They continue to have a conversation. Oh, interesting. This is the, this, Jason, this is the, um, This is the scripture that we did the call to worship. We opened the service with this scripture. I'm just realizing this now, y'all. Okay, so they continue in the conversation, and um, she asks, she said, you know, y'all say that we have to worship 
you know, in Jerusalem, but we worship here. And he said, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And then her eyes are opened and he declares himself to a woman that he is Messiah. When he tells her to go get her husband, what he's saying is, go get for me those, that thing that you've been relying on. Go get for me that water that you've been drinking. Go get for me that, that place, that source that you've been drinking out of to sustain you. Hers was love, the love of a man. She was desperate to be loved. She was desperate to be valued. So much so that she had had five husbands and none of that was enough. It was never going to be enough. So wherever you go to draw your strength, that is not his love, that is not his truth, you will continue to need more and more and more and more of it until you're addicted to it. If you are relying on your own righteousness for your own for for your feeling for your sense of love and value you will continue to become the most self-righteous person that will not work out well for you and he will continue to confront you in it if you are relying on on the love of a man or a woman or of your employees if you're relying of people thinking well of you in order to gain your sense of value and love, you will become a workaholic. You will become an extreme people pleaser. If you're relying on your own works to give you a sense of value, you'll become a liar because you will puff up Anything that you're involved in, you will exaggerate your involvement. You will exaggerate your ideas. You will steal ideas from others and pass them off as your own because you desperately need to be significant in order to have value and to be loved. I can go on. If you rely, if you're drinking from the well of youth, oh, live in a household with seven beautiful young ladies. <laughs> and watch the well of youth. Every time I look in the mirror, I see them and I see me and I think, God, thank God I am more than my outer appearance because it fades. You will keep, you will keep going more and more. It will cost you more and more. If it's alcohol, if it's drugs, you'll become addicted because the thirst will not go away but for Jesus. But for Jesus and church, he's calling us over and over through song, through Kung Fu movies, through the word of God to drink only from him, only from him. But what I'm going to tell you is that it's uncomfortable. You have to be able to sit in the insecurity. You have to sit there and be willing to suffer it. Be willing to go without the thing you think you desperately need. The affirmation, the love of a man, the, 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 
the pats on the back from other people, the alcohol, the drugs, the good looks, whatever it is that is sustaining your sense of value and love, you have to sit without it. In our house, it tends to be productivity. When we're feeling low, we make a list. We just knock a few things off that list. and Boy, woof, we just start feeling better. There's nothing wrong with being beautiful. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine at dinner with your spouse or by yourself or whatever. There's nothing wrong with being productive. There's nothing wrong with longing to do something significant. There's nothing wrong with the water we drink from. What's wrong is that we're trying to sustain ourselves with it. We're trying to draw from it our value. We're trying to justify ourselves through other means. This is his problem with those things. So you have to sit with it. You have to lay it down and you have to sit with it and say, and recognize it. And you have to say, your grace is sufficient. I receive your love. In, in this moment, I will not go to any other thing but you, church. Drink from the well of life. Lay down everything else this morning. We're going to take communion. The Lord is speaking. God is speaking. How many times have we prayed and asked God, speak, your servant is listening. Tell us what you want us to hear. This is what he wants you to hear. He's saying it in 17 different ways. He is life and there is no other. He is life and there is no other. There's no amount of children you can have. I have eight kids. I'm honest. Honestly, I needed significance. I needed more. And I don't regret a single one of them. This was God's calling for my life. But there was a transition that had to happen where motherhood didn't define my value. That was hard. I needed to be loved truly like Jesus loves. And my husband showed me Jesus. But there was a moment, there was a time where I had to acknowledge out loud, say, God, I acknowledge that Jason isn't Jesus and that it is you who are my source. That is your love that I need. So I'm not preaching anything I haven't lived and am living. Because once you lay down one, he just goes after. He loves us too much to leave us bound. We want to live unbound like Jesus is unbound. He is the source. So this morning as we take communion, drink deeply. Drink deeply. How do you break, how do you break the lifelong habit of people pleasing or of exaggerating your significance or of being desperate to be loved by men, desperate to be, to be approved of by people. How do you do that? You remember Jesus. That's it. That's it. You remember Jesus. You remember him. You remember what he did. You remember that he talked to a woman. <laughs> so if, you're, if you feel like you're lacking significance because you're a woman... Well, then you remember Jesus. If you feel like you're, you're struggling because people are upset with you and the decisions you're making, you remember that he was falsely accused and he, and he was quiet. Can't tell you how many times that has helped me just to be quiet. When I know there are people saying things that are untrue, they don't have the whole story. They don't care to have the whole story. 
I remember Jesus. This morning, we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to drink deeply from the only source of living water this morning in this place. And we're going to acknowledge and lay down every other source. It's not a pass-fail. People-pleasing doesn't go away overnight. Addiction doesn't just go away overnight. But he comes alongside. And he's not a, he is not our harsh judge. He gives us strength. He is the only source that doesn't enslave. So church, um, you'll file down the plate. The, the elements on the plate are gluten-free. But come, come, receive the elements. Hold on to them as you circle back to your seats. And we're going we're gonna to go to the source this morning. We're going to remember Jesus. And we're going to drink deeply from living waters. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Lord is speaking to us this morning. He's calling us to run to Him for a drink from His water and to rest there and stay there and yeah, just to receive all that you are and all that you've done. Father, we just worship you this morning. Jesus, we thank you for the cross, the pathway to this living water that we can drink from day in and day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never stops flowing. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken, your blood shed. To lay down your life for us. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection, a new life. And Lord, we just recognize this morning that you are the only way to the Father. So Lord, as we take these elements this morning, we eat and drink of your body and your blood and we receive the living water that can only come from you. And Lord, we lay aside all of the other striving and trying for all the things we've already spoken about this morning. We lay them at your feet. And we say more of you, more of you, more of you. Thank you, Lord.
Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Church, as we continue to worship, I want you to stand I want you to declare Jesus as your source. I want you to declare to every part on the inside of you, to all of heaven and all of hell, that you will only partake of that which comes from the Father's hands, that Jesus is your source, and that you turn aside from all other things. And I want you to worship in spirit and in truth. The altars are open. If you want to come up and do your business, come up and do your business. If you want to sit down and do your business, sit down and do your business. But don't leave today without drinking deeply from the rivers of living water that flow this morning that are available to you. Let's worship. As we close out our time of worship, I have two things I want to talk about. Um, one is I'm going to share a testimony of Pastor Andy's without his permission, but I have his inherent permission because I love him and he loves me. Um, Andy's a helper, and I mean that is like the core of who he is, is he wants to come alongside people, and he wants to pastor them, and he wants to help them. And so a while back, Andy broke his leg. And it was not, I mean, it was not a, a, a small, or his ankle. Ankle? Okay, right by his ankle. And we were, we were scheduled to go to um, the yearly One Focus Network conference. We were part of One Focus Network, and every year they put on a conference that is like rushing waters of living life. Yeah. Of living life. Yeah. <laughs> living water. And... Um, this was in the weeks leading up to it, and Andy was hesitant to go, which was totally reasonable, because, I mean, he couldn't do a whole lot in the crutches, and we're talking about traveling in a car, talking about staying in a different place, showering is an, is an issue when you have this kind of a break, and God is so sweet, and he's so good, and, um, 
So I'm a challenger. I just want to get to the root of everything. And I don't, I don't trust easily. So I'm always digging for the root. And we had this conversation. Is it okay that I'm sharing this? We had this conversation and I said, Andy, I said, if you, I want you to go to prayer. And if you come back to me and you said, you say, the Lord said, whatever I want to do, go or don't go, it's your choice. Uh, you cannot go. If he says, Andy, don't go, then you cannot go. I said, but if he doesn't say either of those things, then I think you need to go. I said, because I think that the real struggle here is that you can't help us on this trip. You can't be the guy who pops out to pump the gas. You can't be the guy who runs in. Oh, I'll run back in and get it because that's what he does. He finds the thing that is so inconvenient to you and then he just does it for you. (laughs) And that's not why we love him. And I said, how hard is it going to be for you to come when we have to help you? It's like, won't you let us love you? Are we only allowed to love you if you're loving us in that way that feels satisfying to you? Won't you let us serve you? Won't you let us take care of you? And I don't know. He went back and prayed probably for like 45 seconds. was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm supposed to go. And wasn't it awesome? God did. He spoke and he moved and things in Andy's, Pastor Andy's life moved as a result of that conference. And so I tell you that to kind of put a bookend on this, what the Lord wants to do is he, he wants to move you into the flow of living water. And all of this talk of laying down those things that are keeping us from throwing ourselves in, from diving in completely. He knows them. And the people in your life who walk with him and who are willing to tell you no, those are the people who will challenge you to really dig deep and to grow. We're not always the easiest people, But when we walk by the Spirit, boy, we're always going for the gold. And we don't ever settle for the silver. So make sure you have those people in your life besides me. If you're a member of this church, I'm your challenger. Okay, I have three things. The second thing I want to say is this is why we have a service that's as long as it is. Because if we can't slow down to let God challenge us, if we can't slow down to drink fully and richly of of the living waters that he died to give us, if we can't take two hours to wrangle our kids, wrangle our tummies, to do this, what are we doing? And it's not just on Sunday. It's every day of the week. Some of y'all know these past few weeks, the Lord has put the slow down on me. And normally, I would resist that and just keep going at full bore until the bottom dropped out. And until I needed a hard reset. It's ugly. There's ugly crying. It's ugly when that happens. And he's teaching me, Liz, slow down. Other people are going to know that you're not superhuman, that you need rest. (gasps) They're going to know I need things. 
He's teaching me to let go of pride that I didn't even know I had. But when you slow down and you start saying no to things and people think you should be moving faster, so there's that disapproval of other people. What are they going to think? If I don't do this thing, I said I was going to do it. Now it's not happening. Well, maybe it's just taking longer than you thought. Slow down. If we don't slow down to partake richly and fully of who he is, then we're not really drinking. We're not really making him our source. Just sprinkling him on top of our own little recipe. I am mixing analogies. The last thing I want to say is parents. If you're here with your kids... Um, you know, we have nursery for zero to three, and we have littles, it's four, five, and six. And you know, the Lord has been working for a long time on um, kids' ministry in our church. We have trusted him every step of the way. We will continue to trust him. Ministry for bigs, as we are going to call it, is coming, but I don't know the timeline. I've got kids who are like, when, mom, when? I was like, it's coming. I, that, that is what I know. Until then, we have Kid Corner. And there's a bag over there with these little things to keep their hands busy. But you, as their parents, you want them here. You want them here where the Holy Spirit is moving. You want them here. And it's worth the work. It's worth the work. And people look at our kids and they say, oh, well, your kids are raising their hands in worship. And your kids... You know, they quietly, they didn't do this overnight. They've been raised up in the spirit, in the presence. So many times they're doing something they shouldn't be doing and they get this. Separate. You're interrupting my worship. Separate and I will talk to you later. They get it. It doesn't happen overnight. But I've got spirit-filled kids. That's God's goodness. That's God's grace. He's the one who taught me when to let them interrupt and when not to let them interrupt. He's the one who taught me how to bring from home things of, of graduating value of them and give start at the bottom. The low-value treats come first. And to gradually and help them to expand their ability to sit through church, that came first, to get through. But after that came engagement. They began to engage. And I'm telling you, when you're worshiping and you look over and your 12-year-old or your 8-year-old is lift, standing there with hands raised, worshiping, not because there's a video of a bunch of kids, not because it's high energy and, and it's some kind of, not that there's anything wrong with it, but because the Holy Spirit is genuinely, authentically moving on their heart. On that day, you know that the work was worth it. When your daughter... Your 10-year-old comes to you at bedtime and says, Mom, is there anything I can pray for you for? Because I know if I ask in Jesus' name, it'll happen. Do you have a headache tonight? Yeah. Is your belly hurt, Mom? <laughs> what can I pray for you for? I mean, the work is worth it. I promise you it's worth it. I had a mom in the congregation who was struggling because, you know, the bags are great, but they go through, I mean, their attention span, they, they use those things. They kind of get old. Buy new stuff. Fill their bags. But she was struggling, and she was annoyed at the whole process, at the whole thing. And then she moved through annoyed and got to ownership. I can, I can own this. And she got her daughter a Bible, or else she got her daughter's Bible, and they put tabs in it together. 
I might be telling the story a little off. I don't know the order of it. Maybe she wasn't annoyed, but I would have been. So they got tabs, and she sat and she tabbed the Bible, you know, the books of the Bible. And then she, I think she started giving her daughter a couple Bible verses. During Pastor Jason's message, I want you to look up these couple of verses. You find them yourself. Write them down. Asked me, um, there's this homeschool paper. It has a pretty picture they can color, and it has lines where they can copy a Bible verse real pretty. And she asked me for those. I was like, if you do those, and then you hang them on the fridge. She began to take ownership of the process of helping her daughter grow during service, giving her daughter things to do that were appropriate to her age, and engaged with her daughter. So I just felt led to encourage you. You're doing it. You're here. You're here with your kids. Some of you, I've watched your kids grow into the service, and I know it was hard. Point. I know it was hard because we've been there. It's hard in the beginning to teach them to be sensitive to what's happening around them, to teach them that they're not the most important thing in the room, to teach them to, to hear the no. I often say no to my little ones, and then I wrap them in a hug while I'm worshiping. I don't stop worshiping. You may have seen it. I can scold them and turn right back around and worship. But that's just taking practice because parenting is part of worship for me. This has been part of the whole journey. But that's just, we didn't start there. So I applaud you and I encourage you. If you need ideas, ask. Ask me. Ask Miss Jenny. Ask Pastor Jason. He's got great ideas when it comes to kids. But that mom I spoke of, she came to me and she asked, what do you think? What about this? And we just brainstormed. And I asked her specific questions about her child. Because her child is different than my child is different from your child. Different kids need different things. And that's how Jesus loves us. That's how the Father parents us. And he certainly doesn't make things easy for us because he loves us too much. So those are the three things I had to share. Um, We're going to go into a time of greeting. If this is your first time, welcome. If you are a guest, we welcome you. There is a connection card on the back of the chair. You can fill that out. That connection card comes up in the offering buckets, which will be up here for your tithes and offerings. Um, There's nursery, there's family room, there's littles ministry, and there's kid corner. So let's take a break. Let's greet one another. Let's take care of some business, and then we'll come back together for the word. All right, guys, grab a seat. Grab a seat. We're going to... I'm going to do some quick announcements here for us and then get into the Word. It's already quarter after 11, and I just, I got something I really want to share this morning. Uh, it's not long, but it's something I want to share, and I'm excited to, uh, to share it this morning. Uh, so just a couple quick announcements uh, today. Uh, number one, we've got life groups coming up. Uh, we like to just promote those. Those are on a weekly basis. There's always a life group going on. I would encourage you to go, uh, go to the website and look uh, and see all the life groups that are happening. Uh, Women to Women is coming up this coming Saturday uh, at 8 a.m. And then Sid hosts our young adult life group, uh, which is coming up this Tuesday at 6 p.m. in the family room. And then we've got summer nights. How many of you guys are enjoying our summer nights? It's a wonderful time. If you've not been to a summer night, I encourage you to come out because there's only two left. There's only two summer nights left. 
and we are just looking forward to just celebrating the last two that we've got. we got some special things coming up on the last one. Uh, we'll share a little bit about those next week, uh, but we're really looking forward to it. We just really enjoy getting the church family together uh, on Friday nights. Amen. So let's, I have a quick uh, uh, scripture here I want to do over our offering. This is out of Matthew 10, and it's Jesus speaking, and he's saying this. He says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. There's a command for us. These rivers of living water flowing out of us, well, they're, they're flowing into us, then they flow out of us as overflow. And this is Jesus saying, talking to his disciples, so how about go from this place and go do what? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Amen. This is a command from the Lord. It says, freely you have received, so freely give. We have received living waters because of Jesus and what he's done. And he's asking us to freely give that as well. And I've talked about this all the time. We're just a distribution center. Not just financially as a distribution center, what comes in and we sow it back out. But also in our spiritual lives. We are a distribution center. As God sows into us, we can then sow into others. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We praise you, Heavenly Father, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you will bless and anoint the message that you have for us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that your presence has been here. We thank you for your living water, Father. And we just come to drink from it. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, last week I said I wasn't quite sure when we're going to end this series on the attributes of God. And there's been an attribute that has just been one that I've been wanting to talk about, wanting to talk about, and the Lord, I was just like, ah, I just don't know if I want to do it, I don't want to do it, I don't know if it fits very well, and, but I just kept coming up in my spirit. I really, I really feel like I want to talk about this, and it's one of my favorite topics. And I just was like, I was sort of like in this, not like beating myself up, but in this struggle. And uh, Brother Paul called me uh, earlier this week, and he was, we were talking about a couple of different things, you know, about sermon series and other things. I was just like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Do you want me to move to the next series or not? And he just really encouraged me and says, Jason, if this is on your heart, I've placed it on your heart because people need to hear it. And that's all he said. And I was like, got it. Okay, so here we go. I'm ready to talk about it. So today, I'm not going to go through all of the old attributes that we have. They'll be on the screen. We'll kind of flip through them. We're on attribute number 17. Come on. There's, there's tons more. We won't do them all forever. But attribute 17 is God is healing. God is healing. Just like God is gracious, God is merciful, God is consuming fire, God is love, God is good... God is healing. It is who he is. It is part of his DNA. You cannot separate the other things from it. It is who he is. And the healing that he has, and everyone thinks, oh, well, Pastor Jesus is going to talk about physical healing. Jesus, God, he is the healer of all areas of our life. It is not just physical healing. It is every area of our life. And I have been studying healing and thinking about it and reading up on it. And I gave a message, I don't know how many, uh, maybe about two years ago or a year and a half ago. And it was like the 10 ways that God heals. Well, guess what, church? I'm up to 14. 
I'm up to four, and I feel like I'm not done yet. I feel like the Lord continues to uncover how he heals and how he moves and how he works. And so those of you who came in this morning who need some type of healing in your life, whether it's physical, maybe it's a spiritual healing, maybe it's a mental, maybe it's emotional, I'm going to walk through just a couple of these, and I'll do a couple more next week because I want you guys to understand and, and just grasp the fact that God is healing. And we've been talking about doing this, you know, miracles over the summer. This is going to be a summer of miracles. This is a church that's marked by miracles. And we have had testimony after testimony of God's healing power in people's lives. How many of you guys remember, you know, that's almost been five years since Pastor Jim Dumont, the founding pastor of this church, was raised out of a coma in which he was in for six days. It's been almost five years. And the list of miracles that God has done and the healings that he's performed, that he has done, in that just short time frame of five years, has just been miraculous. God heals in so many ways. If you study Jesus, every time you look at Jesus, says, okay, here's what Jesus did. He went around and he healed. This is what he did. And so if we've looked at a scripture at the beginning of this series, that if Jesus only did and only said what he saw his father do and say then God must be healer. There's no, you, can't, you can't separate those two things apart from each other. God is healer. So look at the scripture, Matthew 9, starting in verse 35. Here it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. I like that there's, it's plural there. It's every sickness and every disease. And I believe that the disease, it's a, there's physical disease, but sickness sometimes is more. There's emotional sickness. There's emotional pain and challenges. But Jesus healed every sickness and every disease among the people. And God can do that, and he still does that today. Because as we know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. John 5 says this, verse 19, And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And we just looked at that scripture that Jesus goes about healing, which means God is a healer. We've said this many, many times here at church, says God's goal is whole. God's goal for you is wholeness, complete and total wholeness. And how many of you, including myself, don't raise your hand, walk throughout this life not being completely whole in every area of our life? Right? It's a journey. It's a process. It doesn't, we, Pastor Liz was talking about, it doesn't all happen immediately, instantaneously. And I think from a healing perspective, we come to church or we go to a prayer service and we go up front and we say, well, if, you know, if this person just prays for me, everything's going to be different. Everything's going to change. That is sometimes how God works. But God works in so many different ways to heal us. And many times he wants to heal us of something and we are our own cause of the problem. Come on, church, let me say that again. Many times God wants to deliver us or heal us of something, but he's not going to do it until we can begin to recognize and understand that we are actually our own worst enemy in this situation. And it's a lie that we're believing, 
It's a habit that we have formed. It's something that we're doing. Maybe it's eating or this or that. Whatever it might be, the Lord is, wants to work on this. Many times we, people ask, me, why God didn't just miraculously heal me? Well, maybe God is trying to work on something in your life that he wants to heal the root, that's Liz talked about it, getting to the root issue, getting deep into what is the true thing that is causing this problem. That's what he wants to fix. That's the thing that he wants to fix. Now, does he do miraculous works, instantaneous healings? How many we know? Absolutely. That is one of the way God heals. But God heals in a, in a variety of different ways. And I want to look at some of these ways here this morning. Uh, just a, another quick scripture I want to just show before we get into that. It's James 1, verse 16 and 17. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. You've had any type of healing in your life, even if it's through the medical system, whatever it is, God has orchestrated healing for you. That's from him. Every good and perfect gift is from him. Yes, other people have had a part to play with it, but every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So let's look at some of these. Let's look at some of the ways that God heals. Because I don't believe he wants us, he never wants us to stay in one place. As difficult as that is and feels, he always is drawing us forward. So I got 14 ways that God heals. And I don't have a handout. You can take a picture when, when we do it, but you can come back next week for the rest of them. But here's the whole point, is that God is stretching all of our understanding of who he is when it comes to healing. So the first one we find in scripture is when standing on his word. God heals when standing on his word. And there are people in our church that are great examples of this. And I believe the testimony that I gave about Pastor Jim is a phenomenal example of this. Do you know that Pastor Jim, the scriptures that he knew and he understood and that he put on the inside of him were, I believe, one of the major reasons that there was health and wholeness on the inside of his body. That he was able to get through six days of a coma and however many minutes without oxygen. Look at Proverbs 4, verse 20, says this. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and are health to all their flesh. All the flesh. Every part of your body. Every part of your being. When we pay attention to God's words. When we stand on his word. When we write his word all over our house. I mean some of you might have bad writing. So don't do a note card with your own writing. Print something out. You have a computer and a printer? Likely. If not, find someone who does. Find some great graphic arts and post them. by your light switch. On the door before you go out. God talks about putting the scriptures on our doorposts and in our home. Stand on his word. See his word. Read his word. Verse 23 says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Issues of life spring out of our hearts, so God wants our hearts to be saturated with his word. 
And then he says in verse 24, put away your deceitful mouth, your perverse lips, let your eyes look straight ahead, your eyelids look right before you, ponder the path of your feet, let all your ways be established. He's saying, get the word inside your heart and allow it to change your actions and the way you walk. And when you begin standing on the word, he begins to bring healing into our life. Now, last verse 27 says, do not turn to the right or to the left, remove your foot from evil. Church, I encourage you, get into his word. There's a challenge or situation or circumstance you have in your life, and it's something specific, whether it's fear or anxiety, or there's, there's actually scriptures, and Brother Paul knows this, if you have specific issues with some body part in some way, shape, or form, go see him, the guy in the blue shirt right there, go see him because he's got scriptures lined up by body part, by issue. The word covers it all, church. The word covers it all. We can get into God's word. And we have to walk out his word. So the first way we see God healed, there's many ways, they're not in any particular order, is when standing on his word. The second one is when believing in faith. I don't mean hoping. I mean believing in faith. And Brother Morley, you are an example of this. You are inspiring to me and many others. This man stands in faith and he believes God can do anything. You know, we, a lot of us say, a lot of us walk around and say, yeah, you know, God can do anything. All things are possible with God. And then those who walk and actually believe it. And are persuaded is a good word of it. And this man here is persuaded that God can do anything. He believes with his whole heart God is his healer. Amen. And that not only is God is his healer, that he is healed because of who God is and how God operates. And I believe, and we've never said this to you, but my wife has pointed this out, is his faith is so great that even in softball games in which he has had zero experience in, against a very good pitcher, you would think that he would strike out. But do you know that that man got on base nearly every single time, and it wasn't because of his skill level, sorry, but you would know that too, but it was because of your faith. I'm not kidding you. He believes, he walks up there saying, I will get on base. He even says it out loud and he encourages us from the sidelines and he believes so. Nobody could convince him differently. And the outcome was, he got on base. And there's a difference between, you, got, you know, we, we believe God can heal, but do you, leave, do you believe that God will heal? And there is this distance sometimes between can and will that we have to begin to shorten and understand and believe in faith that he is who he says he is and that he does what he says he will do. And we begin to, how do we build our faith? Back to number one, by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have to hear those testimonies and hear the word of God and get the word of God on the inside of us so that we can move from, yes, we all have this mental ascent that God can heal. Yeah, of course God can heal. I've heard, I've seen other, God's healed other people. I've seen that. But can you get in your own life to the, to the place where your faith is so strong 
that you know beyond knowing, beyond knowing, beyond knowing that he will, he will heal. And I can tell you there's a lot of different ways that God heals. And we'll go through those because it doesn't always mean it's an instantaneous healing in our lives as well. When we believe in faith, I'm not going to read all this scripture. I know in the AV team I have a lot of scripture back there for this story. But I'm just going to look at Mark 5. I'm going to jump around a little bit, so bear with me. Verse 26, now there was a certain woman who had the flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from the physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus... Church, how many of you have heard about Jesus? If you hadn't before, you're hearing about Jesus today. About the living water, the the rivers flowing of living water. His price paid, his sacrifice, not just for eternal salvation, but for health and healing and wholeness. Have you heard about Jesus? She came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Faith. She had such faith that what she needed to do was just touch his garment. And I challenge you, church, to to grow and to build in such faith that you believe who he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Down a little bit further in verse 34, if you want to skip down there for me. And Jesus, in between those two verses, Jesus immediately knew that power had gone out of him. He turned around and said, who touched my clothes? They're like, how do you even know who touched your clothes? There's so many people around here. And then they realized that it was her, and she said so. And it says this, daughter, your faith, what's made her whole? Her faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Faith. Number three, I believe this one is so important, and I believe we don't, totally understand it, I want to take a few minutes of it, on it, is when we accept his forgiveness. When we actually accept Jesus' price that he paid on the cross. And I think too often we have this, I, I've known of many of people, I've seen many people, the moment they become saved, they become delivered and healed from something, and they didn't even ask for it. And I believe those situations, those circumstances, that person recognized so deeply, so truly, the price paid on the cross and the forgiveness of their sins that they will be able to receive all of the gifts that the cross paid for. Not just some of them, but all of them. Story in Luke 2, I find this very interesting. It says this in verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, this is Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out to every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord, listen to this, was present to heal. The power of the Lord was present to heal. So there was a supernatural presence of Jesus was there. There was a presence to heal them. And behold, the men brought a bed, on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up in the housetop and let him down on his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Verse 20 says this, When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven. 
We just saw before he talked to the woman, said your faith has healed you. Here he says, even though they had faith to receive the forgiveness of sins. They had that faith to understand that who Jesus was. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. Yes, Jesus came to, to heal the sick and the broken and to deal with the spiritual side. But what he was doing was, as he was saying is, look, your sins are also forgiven. This guy didn't come in and confess. Didn't say that he came down and confessed his sins. And so I believe that this guy was already a believer. He already knew, but he wasn't accepting the full measure of the cross. He wasn't accepting the full measure of, a, of the cross. And we talked about a lot of things this morning, a lot of challenges that you might have. You have to understand that as God sees you, he sees you as cleansed and whole. He sees you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And just because you're struggling with a certain issue, whether it's pleasing man or whatever it is, the stuff that we talked about already this morning, doesn't mean that God loves you any less does not mean that he loves you any less. Because your sins are forgiven because of who he is and what he's done because God is healing. You know, sweet little Maggie May, she's not in here right now. She's back in her class. But she got ready for church today. And she had on this, she has on this white little dress with her little blonde hair and it's up in a little bun, like a little ballet bun. And she just looks, I'm telling you guys, she just looks so cute. And she normally looks cute, but today's like next level cute. Okay? This girl is looking. That's right. We got some agreements. Amen. Two or three witnesses. Can I get one more? All right. Got one from Bev in the back. There we go. Okay. So I got my witnesses here that Maggie is exceptionally looking cute today. And while we were worshiping, and as we were, she was standing next to me. And I looked down at her. I said, I didn't say anything to her. Girl, she is just so cute, so adorable. I love her so much. What a blessing she is. And God said to me, do you know that I'm looking down on every single person? Every single person in this room. And I am saying the same thing. He is looking at each and every one of you as the most adorable thing. You're like, oh gosh, how could I be adorable to God? Because you see yourself in the mirror. You see your own sins. You see your issues and your challenges. You say, how could I be loved? How could I, how could this, this not for me? I don't, healing, forgiveness, it's not for me. But you have to understand that God is looking down at every one of you this morning. And saying, you are loved. You are cherished. You are adored. By the great I am. God the Father himself. And when we receive that, when we understand that, when we accept that and begin to understand God's love, God begins to do a healing on the inside of us. And what happened on this guy is they brought him down through the, through the roof. Jesus says to him, hey, man, your sins, I don't know if he says hey, I just use that. He says, man, your sins are forgiven. And everyone's just like, everyone, the, the scribes and the Pharisees are like, how is this possible? Who can forgive sins? And they're getting all worked up. And here's what ends up happening. He says to the man in verse 24, because I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. He received the forgiveness of his sins. Jesus said, you are forgiven. And then he didn't say you're healed. He didn't say anything. He then commanded him 
to walk in the fullness of understanding God's forgiveness in his life. And he walked away from that place totally and completely healed. Amen? Amen. Sid, if you want to come up here, well, I'm only on number three. I want to do just, I, I want to do two more here this morning. I want to do these a little bit quickly. Number four is this, when standing in faith for someone else. If you're here this morning and you, like you may have some physical needs, physical healing, spiritual, mental, uh, emotional healing that you might need, and God wants, to, God wants to really do a work in your life today, but I know there are people here that might be here standing in faith for somebody else. And I want you to know that God sees that. God recognizes that. And there's a story in the Bible about the centurion. It says this in Matthew 8. It says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you, And his servant was healed that same hour. So church, I want to take a moment before we close. I do believe with my whole heart that God is healing. If you're here this morning, maybe we could dim the lights, guys, to like a normal time of worship. Sid, you don't have to sing anything or anything like that. There are so many other ways that I'll walk through that God heals, but I just have this sense today to say to those who need healing in their life to come to the altar today. Those who need, whether it's physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing, I just want you to come to the altar this morning. Even now, begin to stand up and come come forward. If that's you today, don't be shy. Don't wait for a better invitation than this. God is healer. God is healing. He sees you. He loves you. He cares for you. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. If you come up front here this morning, just begin to worship Him for who He is. Just begin to call Him your healer. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Pastor Andy, uh, Brother Paul, Maureen, I know Joanna's up here. If you guys could come up and just begin to pray for each person that's up here.
Doesn't have to be long. You guys can spread out. Maybe Andy, start on that side. Paul, you want to start on this side over here. Marie, maybe to start in the middle. Just begin to pray in agreement. Because number five is when we use the prayer of faith and agreement. The Bible says, when two or more are gathered together, in my name, the Bible says, I am there in your midst. I am there in your midst. Just come and receive from the healer. All y'all who came up here for healing, all you ladies, that's what I see. I see ladies up here for healing. I don't think a single one of you has a doubt about who Jesus is or about what Jesus did or about what Jesus can do or even about what Jesus will do. But I do think that each and every one of you need to hear that you are worthy, worthy. The woman with the issue of blood was worthy was loved and valued. So as you're waiting for, for someone to come and pray with you and stand in agreement with you in faith, I want you to meditate on how loved you are. I don't want you to tell him how much you love him. I want you to meditate on how much he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Not because of all that you've done. Not because of your great faith. Not because of any gift that you bring to him. He loves you. He has set his seal of approval on you when he began to knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew every thing that you would do, both good and not so good. And he loves you. His love for you has been constant. His love for you is total and complete. It is lacking nothing. He doesn't need you to do better. He doesn't need you to be better. He doesn't need you to do more. He loves you. He desires your friendship. He desires time with you. It's all women up here. And so there's one thing I know that we all know what it feels like to long for someone's company. To long to be heard and to be understood. To long to be wanted. Desired. And ladies, what I'm telling you here is that you are desired. He longs for you. Just you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Jesus, Jesus. Praise you. Praise Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise Praise you, Lord. 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 Praise you, Lord.
This is not who I am up here. But I am working on being created who I was supposed to be. Each and every one of you, not just all of you here, but each and every one of you are created for purpose. You are created by him, for him. True, absolute worship isn't always a song. It's not about the dance. It's not about the song. True and absolute worship is being who you are created to be. If you don't know who you are created to be, go to your room, your secret place. He's got you. Wait for the answer. Wait for the answer. Wait. God, help us wait for the answer and do what's worth to do in the, in the waiting. Thank you. Holy Praise and righteous you. is only Praise through him. While you're waiting, work on true fear. Not scared, but true fear, the awe, the awe, the awe, and amazing awe that you can't even stand. Awe. It's all about him, and you, each one of you are uniquely uniquely love that is what he gave me in worship i got three pages of sloppy writing that i'm gonna have to write it again but each one of you are uniquely made uniquely loved no comparison to anyone fear of god or fear of man i choose god amen hallelujah Hallelujah! We magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. And we cast aside any and all things that do not glorify you. We will stand as you have called us and as you have created us. And we will take off and cast aside all of those false things that we have tried to put on to please man, to please you. They're false. What a good word, Beverly. Alleluia. Created for purpose. You are needed. Created exactly the way you are. He doesn't make mistakes. He made you exactly this way. Stop wishing to be different. He's not going to answer that prayer. He's going to make you, you. You. And you're going to be a little bit her. Because, you know. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
as we're just going to take a, another minute or two and just be in his presence here. If you didn't come up front, I just encourage you to pray from your seats. You're part of the two or more that are gathered here. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. God, you are healer. Jesus, you are our healer. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise your holy name. Praise you. Praise your name. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures over us. The Bible says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes we are healed. Just receive these words, church, this morning. The Bible says, The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Those who are up here, you have to know that the Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through that same Spirit who dwells in power on the inside of you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities and who heals all our diseases. Who redeems our life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so your youth may be renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yes, church, if there was anyone who was looking for a specific prayer for something in particular, we just encourage you to stay up front as the service closes here. There'll be some prayer teams that can pray, pray with you lay hands on you and just pray for anything in agreement that you might have. How many of you guys are glad that God showed up to church today? (laughs) I mean, I'm glad I'm here, that I came, but I'm super glad that Jesus showed up to church today. Amen. I want to close with this. It's a benediction we have out of Revelation 21. It says, And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. 
And he said to me, for write these words, for they are true and faithful. Hallelujah. Whether in this life, the life to come, he will make all things new as we see him face to face. And he restores all things back to us, complete and total wholeness. So Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for moving and working in this place. Lord, we thank you for those rivers of living water that refreshed us today. And so, Lord, we go from this place with those rivers overflowing out of us to share your good news with others. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you.